you are listening to episode 26 of the Sunday Shakeout, featuring a training talk on universal training principles. Hello and welcome to the Sunday Shakeout. I'm your host, Nicholas. This episode features a training talk where I dive in to some universal training strategies for all race distances, from the 800 meters all the way up to the marathon. The goal of this episode is to provide listeners with practical advice and key training strategies necessary to conquer your next running goals. If you're new to the Sunday Shakeout, this show features guest interviews, training analysis and tips, gear views, and more, with tips for beginning, intermediate, and advanced runners alike, listeners will be provided with insightful information that will help them live faster, stay injury-free, and be happy. The strategies that you use to guide your training, regardless of your race distance, will either progress you or plateau you. However, many, if not all, of the training strategies that I will present to you today are fundamental training principles. Training, in most cases, should consist of consistent, simple strategies. These training strategies, or fundamentals, are things that you should always be focusing on in your training, and if you nail the fundamentals in your training, you will go very far in the sport. So without further ado, please enjoy my talk on universal training strategies. Alright, alright, alright! This episode has been one that I've been wanting to make for quite a while now. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about, um, just like, how to control your intensity, um, from input, from output, and you know, all that stuff is great, but I like to talk about simple stuff sometimes, and so this episode is gonna be pretty simple. It's not gonna be going into really much physiology at all. It's going to be practical advice that you can use to implement into your training. Um, and hopefully it will be very helpful for all of you guys. So I just want to start by talking about uh, a CYL race. So essentially I'm in eighth grade and I'm running for a track league. Uh, I go to a Catholic school and there's this, uh, this grouping of Catholic schools. It's called CYO. Uh, it's an organization of Catholic schools essentially. Um, you know, all schools. So I go to St. Joseph. So, um, St. Anne, St. Joseph, St. Anthony, St. Alphonsus, St. John, um, Our Lady of the Lake, Our Lady of Guadalupe. So, you know, all these different schools and we have sports that we do in like a league. It's like a CYO league. Everything from cross country, you know, um, basketball, soccer, baseball, softball, track. You get the, you get the vibe. Today was the first track meet of the season. I ran the mile, and uh, I won the mile. I ran 5.07, I believe, and, you know, it was a good race, and I, you know, we started out, and, you know, I started out, like, the first lap, everybody kind of sprinted out, and I was in fourth. By the end, I unleashed a pretty good kick, even though I didn't really have to kick too hard at the end, and I won the race. But what's funny about the race is, my training that I did for this CYO mile, when I look back on it, now that I reflect on it, 
it wasn't it isn't too much different training than when i was training for half marathons and 10ks and all that stuff you you think might think that you know half marathons are you know the train that you do is like miles away from the training that you do for a, for a mile but it really isn't the mileage that i do for half marathon training yeah maybe it's slightly higher maybe the long runs are slightly longer maybe the workouts slightly different but overall if you take a look at like my uh, my training log, 90% of the training that I've been doing has been pretty much the same. It hasn't changed much at all. Um, and so essentially the goal of today's, today's uh, podcast is to kind of elaborate into some of those universal training strategies. Strategies that you can use no matter the race you are, you're training for. I've had success with these strategies no matter the distance. Obviously, I won the mile today. I've had consistent results training for 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons with these exact strategies. And they're not that complicated. They're pretty simple strategies. They're things that most of the time you know you should be doing, you just don't do. And um, yeah, it's pretty simple. So we're going to start. And I think the first point that I want to make is that if you want to be good at running, the goal, or I think that you should just try to be consistently good enough over a long period of time. That is how you get better. It's better to be B plus at everything rather than A plus in one area of your training and, you know, C minus in another area. So, for example, if you're, yeah, maybe you're really good at, like, the the running or, like, the warm-up and the strength training and all that stuff, but you're not really good at prioritizing your recovery. Or maybe you're really good at, like, um, you're really good at nailing your threshold workouts, but you're terrible at nailing your easy runs. It would be better if you were, like, pretty good at nailing your threshold runs, pretty good at doing your easy runs, and pretty good at everything else. Because it balances each other out, and if you can consistently be like that over time, you will get better in all of those areas, and you will go very far versus having an imbalance. Just like with biomechanics, if you're a little off in one area, uh, but you're really good in another area, that's going to cause problems. But if you're like pretty good in every area where you're pretty solid, then that's going to help you go pretty far. And uh, another thing that I want to point out is that what the pros are doing in the sport, the elite marathoners, the elite track runners, all of those guys, what they are doing in their training shouldn't be that different from what recreational runners do. The pros don't chase fads. They don't chase, uh, you know, a magical diet that's gonna help them get uh, 30 seconds off their mile time. They don't do that sort of thing. Instead, the the pros train by the tried and true fundamentals, the way you structure a season, the types of workouts that you do, shouldn't be a huge contrast to what uh, recreational runners do, or sorry, to what pro runners do. And yeah, you know, the pro runners, they might have a higher workload. They might do more harder workouts depending on, uh, you know, what they what they do. But it's not arbitrarily different. And so, you know, we should, in our, like, you know, people take the advice, you know, you should base your training off the pros. People take that advice as like, kind of like, Oh, that's not good advice. You're going to get injured. That's not necessarily what we mean. We mean that the training principles that the pros go by aren't necessarily different from what we should be going by. And if we go by those principles, we will go very far. And I think one of the things that elite runners and pro runners do that uh, we as recreational runners can get better at is being adaptive in our training. 
If you feel bad the day of a workout, put it off a day. Let's say you have a workout on Tuesday and it's a it's a threshold, okay? You're doing some threshold uh, the track. Well, maybe you feel really bad that day and then maybe you have a workout scheduled for Friday. Why don't you just do the workout the next day? It's not that bad. You can still take a day of recovery on Thursday and be ready for the workout on Friday. So training is not an exact equation and training does not get disrupted by one bad day. If it was, none of us would ever be good runners because we are human. There's no such thing as a perfect week, a perfect day that just doesn't happen. And so there's wiggle room in your training and it's important to recognize that. If you put off the workout till Wednesday instead of doing it on Tuesday, even though, you know, so, sorry, let's back up. If you, if you do the workout on Tuesday and you feel like trash, instead of putting off the workout till Wednesday, you will get better in the long term and overall, I'd say the workout on Friday will be better if you put it off one day and you feel better on Wednesday. But another thing with like, you know, being adaptive, you also have to get the effort right in training. In the current, in this current era of, you know, running, we have all this data. We have pace, heart rate, vertical oscillation, cadence, ground contact time, stride length, vertical displacement ratio. <laughs> I could go on and on all day. And now we have power meters. If you are so number driven in your training, you will go crazy. Believe me, I've experienced this. Therefore, I think getting the effort right is key. And, you know, I talked all about this stuff about, oh, monitoring and controlling your running intensity. There are all these metrics out there that you can use. That's all great. But as I talked about in episode 24, how, you know, sorry, <laughs> I'm stumbling today. But as I talked about in episode 24, effort should always have the final say in determining intensity. And that is true. If you have bad weather the day you do threshold, don't force the pace. Instead, you should rely on effort and heart rate to guide you. If you had a hard week, you know, maybe you had some relationship stress, some, some family stress, work stress, maybe your training was hard, something like that, then maybe you're fatigued and that's okay. Focus on effort over exactness. 99% of the time, and I'm being real here, if you are honest with yourself about effort, Meaning that on an easy run, if you say, oh, I'm going easy, and you're going by effort, quote-unquote effort, when you're not, I'd say if you do the opposite and you are honest with yourself, 99% of the time, you will hit the correct intensity and everything will work itself out. So don't worry too much about, you know, you know, bad day, I gotta push the pace, bad day, doesn't matter, I gotta go because you watched a David Goggins video last night. It's not like that. You gotta get the effort right, and that's when it, what's gonna push you far. Another thing that's gonna push you far, building your aerobic base. Now, again, like I mentioned in this episode, I won't get too sciencey here about building a base. I'm not gonna get so physiologically nerdy or anything like that, because I did so in episode 13 of the Sunday Shakeout when I talked about building endurance. But my point is here, it's not that different. It's the <laughs> the pros don't train that different except maybe a little more volume than how we should be training you should take it seriously and train show up every show up every day yeah we just talked about getting the effort right sure i mean uh, show up every day and train that doesn't mean like push yourself but we have chosen to do this we have chosen to run we have 
We enjoy running. We get to do this. So get the work in. Focus on B-plus workouts. Again, if you don't feel very good one day, maybe you could put it off one day, or maybe you could use some effort. So focus on B-plus workouts and A-plus races. We'll talk about B-plus workouts later. But the point is, you should do 10 to 12 solid workouts, and that is how you will gain fitness, rather than just 4 solid workouts and 5 terrible workouts. You have to be aerobically strong, even to run under 330 for the marathon, and aerobic fitness is built by 10 to 12 solid workouts, rather than 4 or 5. And, you know, if you think about it, we talked a lot about aerobic base and all that stuff back in episode 13, but the, the number one priority of training no matter if you're a miler or a marathoner, is to become an aerobic beast. If you don't focus on aerobic strength, you will lose it. Do tempos. Do do threshold training. Do fartleks on grass. Do long intervals. Do hills. Do relatively high mileage. Do good long runs. These are all things that are going to help your fitness no matter your distance. I'll give you an example. You might think that marathoners are the only runners who do long runs that get up into like, you know, the 18 to 20 range well nick willis and nick willis he's like a new zealand runner and he's notorious for his streak of years with a sub four minute miler i think it's like a couple decades honestly he runs 18 mile long runs training for the mile and that's instructive because it it shows that the aerobic system is you know a huge factor in the, the way we train the way we perform and so if he's doing 18 mile long runs and that shows that for milers, getting the mileage and getting the long runs, working on your aerobic system will help you a lot. And when you run like that, when you focus on your aerobic system, when you when you focus on uh, high mileage, you know, running easy, you know, normally when you're running, you're focusing on aerobic stuff, it's pretty low intensity. The highest you might get is like threshold, maybe aerobic power. And when you kind of run like that, you don't get injured as much. Nick Willis has been able to run sub four minute mile for decades because he works on the aerobic system and he doesn't push too hard. Therefore, the tendons, the muscles, the ligaments, they don't get smashed. And when you do the, when you do this type of work, Nick Willis does the workouts that uh, are going to move him forward. But a lot of times those workouts are simply just getting in the simple stuff. And when he really needs to sharpen up for races, then he will do that. But it's not year-round. He builds the aerobic base, and that's what keeps him healthy. That's what gets him better. And, you know, aerobic stuff, ultimately, it should be the framework that your training rests on. Rests on. Like I talked about, you want to be year-round focusing on threshold. I think that you should work on threshold pretty much every week of the year. You want to get in a long run pretty much every single week. You want to focus on good mileage. You want to build up a good mileage figure. And then, only in the moments of race-specific training or peak training, then you can sprinkle in the intervals and the race pace stuff later. Because the training that I do for a track mile, like I talked about, versus a, a road half marathon, is 90% the same. The race-specific training and maybe is just a little different, but that's the difference. That's it. Everything else is the same. In San Diego, for a vacation, I did two sessions. One of them is a was a two some like 200s at the track um, at UCSD. The other one was a threshold on the treadmill, very similar to what I would do uh, half marathon training, except maybe I'd swap out the 200s for something else. But I'd keep the threshold, the mileage, the long run, everything would be the same except for that those 200s. So another thing that I want to focus on here is to not smash yourself in your training. 
And the, sm the pros, believe it or not, they do not smash themselves in their training. They are humans, just like this. Yeah, maybe they're gonna go do a some hard long runs. Yeah, maybe they're gonna do some hard workouts. They're gonna, they might be psychologically kind of burned out a little bit, but the pros aren't a whole bunch of Navy SEALs who push themselves to the absolute limit physically every single day, because that just isn't sustainable. And runners often do get into that mentality where they have to hammer themselves. They see a David Goggins or a Michael Phelps motivational video, and they think that they have to, that to be the best, they have to train super, super hard, and they have to train the hardest. But that just isn't true, and that will get you in trouble. Keep the ball rolling and dial it back a bit. Finish a workout, feeling that you could have done another couple reps. Because if you smash yourself on an early week workout, you're going to be tired on Friday. And guess what? If you're tired on Friday, not only was your workout on Tuesday pretty bad, but also now your Friday workout's pretty bad. So, you know, it's... You kind of gotta... You kind of gotta think forward here. Are you prioritizing tomorrow's run over today's run? And if you have that mentality over time, you will stay injury-free. Believe me, I've, I've used this strategy for the last quite a few months now, and I have not picked up an injury since 2022, and it's almost June. So... I am, I'm feeling really good right now. The only setbacks I've had are sicknesses. And if you follow that mentality of long-term progression, you will go far. Sometimes you race really hard on Saturday. Like I just ran a mile today and I raced a mile today. You think I'm gonna go out tomorrow and run a 10 mile long run? No, you know, on normal weekends, sure. I'd go run a 10 mile long run on Sunday. That's what I do. That's what you have to do to build your aerobic base. But sometimes you have to prioritize recovery. Many runners panic and they get their long run in anyway. Me, I'm gonna go for eight miles at most tomorrow. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it slow. I'm not gonna push it. I'm gonna eight miles at most, maybe six miles tomorrow. Cause I'm I'm not gonna get injured in my peak training. And if I have that mentality where I'm just gonna push, 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 and I've only just done my first meet, then I'm not gonna go very far. I'm sorry. So many runners panic about getting their long run in, and it would actually be better if you just skipped the long run, if you felt super sore, and if you substituted it for a recovery run. You will feel better in your workouts later in the week, and you'll still recover and become a better runner. And speaking of, you know, like panicking to get your long run in, many runners get stuck into this routine. Sunday long run. Tuesday, I'm going to do a track session. Friday, I'm going to do another workout. This just won't work every week. You might have to scale it back a bit, but be consistent. And that's what will lead you to results. And that's what you will keep you healthy. Um, because, you know, if you're doing the same... Yeah, obviously in a perfect world, if we were doing the same thing, if we were being super consistent every single week, yeah, we would probably be our the best like versions of ourselves. But we're human. That's not how the body works. It's pretty much impossible to dial in perfect training. Even Jakob Ingerichsen has some setbacks sometimes. 1500 meter ch Olympic champion. He had a sickness and guess what? He didn't like try to like bounce back super, super quick. He got the, he recovered and then he came back to win the indoor European championships. So sometimes scaling ba it back a bit, you won't lose as much fitness as you think you will. And over time, you will get back to your like peak four. Now, we were talking a little bit about earlier about becoming an aerobic beast. Now, the other side of the coin is neuromuscular coordination. And this is going to be the most nerdy sentence I say in the whole podcast. But neuromuscular coordination essentially refers to 
the communication pathways between your brain and your muscles. And this is something that a lot of a lot of runners could work on to improve their, you know, your running form, your economy, your speed, and you know, a lot more. And it sounds really complicated, but neuromuscular coordination is not that complicated to build. And one way to do this is by building strides. Strides are simply about 100 meter accelerations where you accelerate to about 95 to 98% of your max speed. You hold that for about two to three seconds and then you coast to a stop. It touches on speed without beating you up. It loosens you up and it also builds a little strength as well. And so if you can prioritize strides in your training, if you can do some fast fartleks, not only will you become an aerobic beast, but you will also build a lot of speed and build the other side of the coin. And as a runner, we were talking about how you want to be B plus at everything. This is the other side of the coin that you want to be pretty good at. You want to be neuromuscular, I guess you could say neuromuscularly coordinated. But in other words, you want to have good form. You want to have good speed and economy, not just like ultimate endurance. And, you know, we were talking a little bit just a few minutes ago about how strides build strength. Well, speaking of strength, you must also prioritize strength training. And it sounds like, you know, I'm piling on all these things, but if you think about it, it's not that difficult. You know, strength training, I could, again, I could say it improves your economy, it improves your durability, your power, your speed and strength. But in reality, it doesn't really take more than three or four 20 minute bodyweight strength, st strength sessions per week to build a basic amount of strength. And if you do so, you will improve your durability and your long-term potential. Something like a simple core routine. I have a, I have a lovely core routine that I do with six movements. It's like dead bug, plank, side plank, uh, glute bridge, um, and then some other stuff. Um, and I just do three sets of that, one minute each. Um, it's like a circuit. Take one minute between sets, and it's good core strength. It's pretty simple. You don't have to do a lot of hard stuff. You just need to build a basic amount of strength. And if you are a little, if you are advanced, then you can do some weightlifting. But it's be it's about being consistently good over time. There aren't any secrets to being good. What it takes to succeed for all distances. There are more similarities than differences. This isn't rocket science. And so, you know, if you can, again, if you can dial in the consistent things over time, you will get better. Now, another piece I would, of advice I would give you, and this one has a little more depth and a little more, um, you know, a lot of runners take a little bit to like, you know, come to the conclusion that they should do this, but you should train and race a variety of distances. Now, I know a lot of marathoners are there are putting in their earplugs right now, but seriously, I think that most marathoners should stop getting out of that marathon rut where they race two marathons a year and that's all they do. I think that running odd distances can make you faster at the distance you want to get good at. For example, Connor Mance just ran the Boston Marathon. He's a uh, American um, marathon pro marathoner. He ran 208 something last year and I think the Chicago Marathon, if I'm right. And he just raced the Boston Marathon. He finished pretty well. He was running up front for, I think, like the first half of the race. And after the race, he talked about how he was going to take two weeks off. Great, he's focusing on recovery. And then over the summer, he was going to focus on his track speed. He was going to go to the track. Can you believe it? A marathoner is going to go to the track. See, even the pros change up their, like, their race distances. And this will ultimately build, again, the other side of the coin, which will help them be better in the long term. Not only does it benefit your running, it's also enjoyable to race different di different distances. 
and it also lets you utilize other strengths that you have. So get outside your comfort zone. You want your toolbox to be big. You want to have great speed, great endurance, great strength, and the necessary tools to do any distance from track races to road marathons. Because a lot of the times you might have a road marathoner and they might be able to easily go clock out a 3.30 marathon. But if you told them to go like race a track race, they might go get whipped by a whole bunch of fourth graders in the mile. That's just kind of how it works sometimes. And if you get stuck in that rut, it's hard to get out of. But believe me, if you do get out of that rut, it will help you a lot in the long term. Now earlier, I mentioned briefly about B plus workouts. I was talking about it when I was talking about building the aerobic base. And B plus workouts is something that Mark Coogan talks a lot about. <clears throat> Sorry, <clears throat> Mark Coogan is the coach of New Balance Boston. And he preaches this concept a lot. Uh, yeah, again, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but it's never one workout that makes you good. It's weeks and months and years of consistent workouts. You know, one day when I have clients and I'm a running coach, somebody, one of my clients might ask me, oh, you know, I completed my first threshold run of the training cycle. I completed my first, you know, threshold uh, K repeats at the track. What am I doing next week? And then I'm probably going to respond by saying, you're going to do the same thing for the next 10 weeks. That's how it works. You, you need 10 weeks of B-plus workouts, and that is better than four weeks of A-plus workouts. That is going to, like, move... That's going to move the fitness forward, and ultimately, that's going to make you a better runner. Think of it like dieting. You know, some of you might out there might have some, like, experience with dieting. I don't have any experience, but I do... I'm, for some reason, kind of a nutrition nerd in some ways. I'm kind of kind of into nutrition, but I've heard a lot about how many people, uh, they go on this, you know this crash diet they want to like they want to get their best results in 30 days they want to they want to lose 20 pounds in 30 days and they want to get all this stuff you know what happens yeah it might work they lose the weight but then they gain the weight back see the key with dieting is you want to maintain a diet that's going to be healthy and sustainable for the rest of your life that's how you want to think about running you want to make it so you can run b plus workouts every single week yeah Maybe you take one week every at the end of every training cycle where you don't run. But otherwise, you want to keep building B-plus workouts over time, layering it on top of one over the other, and that will increase your fitness. And yeah, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you should test yourself. <clears throat> it shouldn't be all about, oh, I just need to get this conservative workout done. It shouldn't be all about that. Sometimes you should test yourself, and I recommend that you do so. But if you do 10 hard workouts, only two of them should be really hard. And I want to end on a good piece of advice here. And I think that this piece of advice has been given a lot. And it's the idea that, you know, consistency is key. It's something that, you know, a lot of people say pretty much on any, any, this phrase is thrown around on YouTube, Strava, pretty, pretty much anywhere you find running content, it's, it's thrown around. And I, in some way, I think that this piece of advice has lost a little bit of meaning. Like people just throw around, consistency is key. They throw uh, they throw that piece of advice around so much that it's, you know, what does that even mean anymore? But I think if you think about it, the phrase consistency of key, it really is true. You have to keep climbing the ladder one rung at a time. When we are consistent and we don't miss our uh, running days, when we are patient and we focus on our long-term potential, no instant results, but simple stuff, it's not easy, but by consistently focusing on universal training strategies and fundamentals, no matter the race distance, 
you will get faster. Thank you for listening to episode 26 of the Sunday Shakeout. I think that so far in my podcasting journey, this episode has been one of the most practical to all of my listeners and for the recreational running community because a lot of the episodes I do get super nerdy, like that those two episodes on monitoring and controlling running intensity, which you should check out and they are pretty helpful, but I think this episode is really practical. These are all universal training strategies that you can and should apply pretty much every single week of your training. If you do apply these strategies, you will go super far in your training. Um, You will build fitness over time. You will stay healthy and injury-free. And you will pretty much achieve your your biggest running goals no matter the race distance. So, you know, being like I said earlier, being consistently good over a long period of time, that is how you get better. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sunday Shakeout, please consider following to or subscribing to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I would also greatly appreciate a review in Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. I want to thank all my listeners so much for the support. We have made it so far in our journey together uh, during my podcast, and I don't plan to stop anytime soon. And it's all thanks to you guys um, giving me the motivation to come back every week, giving me support, um, you know, like, viewing my episodes so that's a great thank you all so much following the podcast and yeah if you have any questions regarding running feel free to reach out to me at the sunday shakeout at gmail.com and i'll get back to you as soon as i can but i you know yeah just thank you all so much i hope you all enjoy your day and peace out this is the sunday shakeout